Add but heavy language and adult themes and may not be suitable for audiences under 18. Viewer discretion is advised. What's going on, everybody? Welcome, everybody, to episode 116 featuring Andrew Nicholson for the second time now, guys. I'm sure everybody's wondering why the show is later than late. It's only because we were not streaming for quite some time. It shut off and then it shut back on. Anyway, none of that matters. Andrew, pleasure to meet you again, my man. Again, dude. <laughs> Part two, even though one was, you know, in its uh, in inception. It was, exactly, exactly. We were just, that was just a warm up. That was the warm up. Thank you, everybody at home, for hanging out tonight. Thank you, everybody at home, for hanging out tonight. I hope everybody's having a great night so far. <sighs> what we were talking about earlier, guys, is that Andrew is one of the dopest drummers that I've had a chance to meet. He's been in the music scene in South Florida for about 23 years, you said. Yeah. Which is congratulations. Because <laughs> some people, a lot of people lose the passion before that. It's unbelievable, dude. It's music. Uh, if you're really about the lifestyle and, mm -hmm. you, and you understand the music right. of that lifestyle... Um, you just kind of go with it. I'm completely with it. And that's the way to be, man. You got to just... Some, a lot of people look at it like if they don't get anything back from it, like monetarily, they just give up on the music. Pretty much. Man. That's not fun, Pretty bro. And, Sorry, uh, love. Do you mind getting... The cat's totally in love with me. Yeah, we're just going to go ahead and get like, the cat like, away. Man, the, this shoe tastes great. Yeah. <laughs> the cat is definitely in love with uh, yeah. all sorts of shoes. And jeans and... It must be the the the, the divisional void Sebastian vibes, because you know Legato destroyed Sebastian. I'm sure you see this clip. Oh, yeah. He just attacked him. At one point, he snuck up on him and just bit him in the arm. It was amazing. Oh, it was wow. it was hilarious. Yeah. That's great. That's oh great. Christ Almighty! All right, give goes. me one second, folks. Oh boy, getting mauled. Yeah. <laughs> there it goes. Sorry, Live friend. on the feed. Take a look at him. <laughs> It happens. It happens, guys. It's Shut Up, Let's Talk. What would Shut Up, Let's Talk be without interruptions from the cat? Yeah, you know, getting getting mauled on my first podcast is great. <laughs> <laughs> Today's just a goofy one, man. Like, the GPS took Andrew through all sorts of crazy ways. The stream is not... It's one of those gremlin days where you just... Yes. You just... Uh, as, I, as I thought I was saying in the first <laughs> yes. live that decided to... Uh, disappear. Cite, disappear on us. Uh, for all future guests, you know, this is a... This is not just a complex, man. This is a total built-in inner, <laughs> inner um, hidden city. <laughs> yeah. No, the, it's it's a humongous complex, man. And it's it's terrible because I'm really bad with directions, so I have a hard time navigating people through it, as we found earlier. I was like, all right, if you see this thing, if you see the fire station, just go straight. <laughs> He's like, uh, what? What's going on, Marisol? Marisol says, Legato. And finally, I was wondering earlier why the chat was not engaging, or like why the chat was not initializing. Oh my gosh. Now the chat is finally there. What's going on, Marisol? Thank you for hanging out. Yes, thank you very much, Marisol. Pleasure to meet you uh, in the virtual way. and um, In the virtual flesh. You know, finally to have one person watching us. Yes! <laughs> the first one, too. Who yeah, right. It, that, that's the... Anyway. Uh, 
Andrew's one of the sickest drummers. I'm going to start this episode now by showing the people your clip because I think it would be good to see what you can do, my man. Because honestly, you were... Um, I don't want to say it's hard to find people that are actually talented because that's like the meanest thing to say on the planet. <laughs> so this is not what I'm trying to say. But at the same time, it's really nice to meet people that look beyond being a one-trick pony. Yeah, I mean, so that, that's, that's kind of where I'm going with. So let's go ahead and bring up Drew Drums 84 on Instagram. And we're going to go ahead and play this uh, Cheers Friday clip from Drew Drums. Great groove. <laughs> you know, and you got all these great clips of you just kind of going ham, man. It's just kind of, uh, I love it, man. Um, what we were talking about earlier is that groove is a really important thing to you. Yeah, it's a, it's. I mean, it's every musician has their, you know, their, your personality, your character that you want to express and seep through, to to express. So, um, as much as, uh, you know, I love all the speed and, and everything, and as. Uh, like death metal drummers that do blast beats and everything, you know, groove has always been core, kind of more of where I come from, you know? Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I'm slowly, you know, building into learning blast and all that kind of stuff, and uh, definitely it's a workout. <laughs> so you're learning blast? I'm learning blast, you know, I, I, I was actually against it for a long time, because I always loved groove. I always loved groove. I'm with I was, you, man. I was like, oh, blast, that's just, that's all it is, it's just machine work, you know, just... And it wasn't about, like, um, I can't do it. I know if I put all efforts to it'll, it'll take some time no me wrong but you know i just i love groove i love i come from you know pantera i come from you know kill switch engage it's like vinnie paul right i love vinnie man uh, vinnie paul was huge for my for my upbringing i'm um, a joe satriani fan and they're friends so yeah. the guitar player joe satriani good, i love them they're so awesome or I he's awesome it, i mean i get it from that you know and of course josh <laughs> freese of a perfect circle um uh, i guess more in, in recent um i definitely love um, this guy, I don't know if it's Arik, is this A-R-I-C or Eric, I don't know how he pronounces it, uh, imp Impromptu, I'm, I'm probably butchering his name right now, um, the drummer from Night Versus. Night Versus. And he's also in this, uh, a bigger band that really blew up, um, cause they're, they're more, a little more, uh, easier listening, uh, called Fever 333. Okay. But, uh, if you're into really technical drumming and just a drummer that is totally innovative, you gotta check out Night Versus, man. Night Versus. Yeah. Feel free to check that out, folks. Yeah. Look who, ironically, is in the chat. We got John Matos hanging out in the chat tonight. That is hilarious. John, man. we were just talking about you earlier when uh, in the earlier stream that went down that did not upload. Uh, Drew is good friends with the buddy from Agora. Santiago of Agora. Santiago of Agora, who was John's teacher, and we talked about this Madison amp. Tell us a little bit about that Madison amp. Oh, that I it just doesn't stop following me. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I was, as I was saying, you know, I, I uh, next month is 23 years in drumming, um, and I have, uh, you know, started getting into the scene um, in '99 after two years, you know, picking up the sticks in '97. You know, saw all the great bands that I, I became cool with, you know, Poison the Well, Endo, Nonpoint. You know, really saw that whole era. Twice the Sun, I saw them all get signed. And uh, you know, for anybody, I'm sure John right now is like, oh man, this guy's going way ham on on throwback right now. Oh um, yeah, Poison that was a great era. 
It's, it's so funny because it's like we have to talk about these different points that we missed <laughs> on our first stream that just died. I love but, that we're acting natural, too. We're like, oh. Yeah, it's fine. Never heard you say that before. <laughs> it's Andrew's first bird co podcast, but, you know, let's just crash the stream right halfway. <laughs> you know, just fuck that guy. It was, it's exciting, folks. It's, this is what live television is all about, folks. And uh, Chris in the chat says Andrew is a superlative percussionist. Andrew is one... Thank oh, you, Chris. Chris, Mr. Chris Moyer. Shout I, out we, to Chris. Go way back. Chris Moyer has been following me um, for the drum life and what I do musically since the days of Seven Seas. Awesome. So since I have to recap on all this from the uh, great yes. first stream. Please. Um, yeah, so uh, kind of timelining it. Got into the scene in 99. Um, you know, all these bands, Poison the Wall and everything, and was able to watch everybody endo, Darwin's Waiting Room. Um, they, they all were on 94.9 Zeta. Zeta. All playing Zeta Fest with Stone Temple Pilots and Deftones and System of a Down. So coming to see your friends that um, are from your hometown that are playing to 10,000 mm. in Bicentennial Park. That was home for me. That was like, I, I'm all about this. I'm all the support. And I got into the scene and then a couple garage bands got into my first progressive metal band called Vessel, uh, like female fronted vocals. Um, for anybody watching, if you want to even hear my history of Vessel, Seven Seas, and Letters of Lost, you can go to um, Drew Drums 84 on Instagram or search it in your engine on Facebook. And um, from there, the band profile, you could even listen to all those bands and check out all the music <clears throat> and everything. And kind of like my history of, uh, as I was stating before, you know, being probably your, your, your second veteran from ROMs from Falsetto. Yes. And, um, you know, both of us are left handed drummers and, and uh, you know, been around a while. <laughs> Yeah, in, man. In the music scene, and I've seen I've seen how South Florida has evolved in the last quarter century. You know, absolutely, man. So it's it's pretty cool, man. And then of course, you know, Mr. Chris Moyer, there, great photographer. He's captured a zillion in one bands. I was wondering, his name looks extremely familiar. Yeah, Chris is the Chris is the guy. Cool. Man. I'll go on a quick awesome story that's dear to my heart. Please uh, do. Chris in 2014, when Letters was just a duo, and it was just me and Sebas, we were playing downtown at a bar called Will Call, and Chris with no car took the train took the Greyhound and I think a second Metro Rail from West Palm all the way to downtown to Miami just to see us two dudes a guitarist and a drummer no other, nobody else in this band at the time we were just a duo you can check out the whole story on uh, youtube.com letters lost uh, EBK. still very proud of my past work and um, even though I'm not currently in a band right now and Chris came dude and I was like dude wow that's that that's is, that's love. That's love, man. That's some musical love. That's and major support too. Like yeah. he believes in what you do. Like that's yeah, you man, got the talent, I, man. I you know I I may be thirty six now since my you know I just just turned thirty six uh, recently. And, Cheers. Um, and happy birthday. It doesn't. It's just a number, man. You know what I mean? It I'm, is. I'm still I'm still the guy that was t that that here. I'm still twenty one. Yeah. I'm absolutely. still I'm still the guy that wants to work with a band, be a producer as well, like what I did for Letters Lost. And just push everybody and help and be that supporting drive. Absolutely, man. You know what I mean? And that's I, my influences, like, like I said, from Adam D of Killswitch. And even though he's a guitar player, it's it's the mentality. Yeah. You know, and, and really what it stems to as well is um, my perfect, really, uh, the mentality space of it. Pantera is far beyond driven. Oh, you know, yeah. that, that, those interviews, that whole concept of that album that's what I like to really base my, my, my drive, my hunger. Yeah, you know, man. It's like, dude, it's, it's crazy to know that being in my mid-30s, I still want to do this. I still have it's to do this. never too late. And I will not stop doing this. Well, I think we're lucky in, the, in metal and rock is that 
I don't really think that it's locked into being a young man's game. You know, I don't think it's locked into being like 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 hip hop can get caught I used up. To, I used to think like that because you see your friends getting signed and everything like that, and then you start freaking out. And you know, some bands, believe it or not, it does happen in rock and metal. You know, hey dude, you got to lose weight if we're gonna give this give this record deal. <laughs> They do that. They do that. I'm not going to go into the certain local bands over the years or anything like that. Um, But they've told me these stories. I'm like, are you serious? Whoa. And I'm like, yeah, they, they're like all like three out of five of us have to, you know, lose a certain amount of weight or have a certain, you know, way of of looking. No way. I mean, I've seen those kind of situations. I've heard of situations where like a, a guy, I know, try, tried out for a band and they, during the rehearsal, they wanted him to do this thing where they all turn around. And then when the breakdown happens, they all kind of like, turn around at the same time and start headbanging <laughs> and he was like no nah, i don't want to do that yeah, and they were like no but you got to man yeah it's part yeah. of the show and he's it's like i don't want to do that i mean <laughs> i mean you know I'll, I'll i'll say one of my things it's, it seems cheesy but it it actually has paid off and that's why i have somebody as awesome as as chris that you know really is a probably one of the long-term fans of, of my drumming and other people um it's great to use a mirror you know when you're going over your set it's great to even when you're alone in your room when you're younger just to get those things because it's showmanship you gotta rock out you know yeah i'm, I'm not trying to be the guy that can do all the stick tricks or anything like that but coming from hardcore and, and from metal and, and what i grew up from like i said pantera Meshuggah, poison the well um human abstract um night versus all these different bands i love watching some of these cats that just when they're in it they're in the zone and they're just and you'll see all my my pro shots um my buddy of speedy uh, Shout out to Speedy. Yeah, Speedy. Great Speedy, photographer, Speedy's man. Speedy's been around for a minute. Dude. He has. He's... Speedy lives to his name, even though he crossed over into the wrestling world. He did. Um, Great portrait he, photography. I met him in 2013, and, and Speedy is just it's exactly what he does, man. He's just, boom, he just knows the angles. He knows how to capture it. And he knows he got, how to draw the camera straight to yes, you. and that's that's what he did. We really clicked with our energy. And if you go through all my photo shoots and everything like that with Drew Drums 84, through all the albums and stuff on the drum page, you, like half of those, like three quarters of those shots are all him throughout the years, whether it was, that was in Seven Seas or Letters Lost and... Um, Killer photography. Yeah, some of that stuff I cherish, you know, just good memories of, you know, capturing a moment in time where I was in the zone and I was just in my, my happy place, man. That's the way to be, man. Well, showmanship, I mean, nobody's going to... No, uh, Joe Satrani, my favorite guitar player, dropped a piece of advice on me you know, from a video a long time ago that he said, nobody's going to pay you to, uh, nobody pays to watch you play scales on stage. You know, like nobody, like they want to, they want to hear you write music. They want to hear songs. Like they're not there to watch a demonstration or some people are. And that's, that's, we talked about earlier that metal, the new metal world kind of turns into that a little bit. Sometimes it turns into more of a demonstration of what you can do mm-hmm. rather than amazing songwriting, you know, and, and chord progressions and, and, I think and melody. Where I'm at now, it's like, well, when I'm in, in a band and stuff, it's like a combination of both. You yeah. want to push the envelope, but you also want to keep songwriting in its, in its formula. You, need a you don't want to be a band that's, hey, let's just try to calculate death and just like try to do the most odd time signature with the most 450 BPMs of just where your muscles are about to just explode out of your, you know what I mean? Like, you got to keep balance. You what know? do you think about this whole trigger thing going on these days? Can you explain triggers to me, drum triggers? Because I really don't even, you know, I'm a I guitar mean, it player. Is, it's a subjective, believe it or not. I mean, the, to me, the band of all time, it's not only just my one of my favorites, but they were way before triggers became a trend, I guess you want to say. Pantera. They were using them? Of course. And whatever. I, I Vinny, Vinny is like the, I guess if you want to call the king of it from that time frame for, for using triggers, and it worked, man, because when I, I was very, very fortunate to see Pantera. 
two times. Wow, dude, Oz, that's huge. Ozfest 2000, and I Red even have the date, dude, April 1st, 2001, with um, Soulfly. Nice. Uh, Nothing Face and Morbid Angel. <laughs> wow. I'll never forget it, dude. That's a hell of a lineup. Yeah. Holy and I mean, shit. I'm that's right heavy. now. I'm. I'm. It, I was never meant to be a Jagdor guy, so like, I'm. I'm 160 right now, but I was probably 115 or so in that pit Sick. with massive skinheads and these are the certain skinheads that they have blades in their mouth kind of shit oh, let's go in there and just kill everybody <laughs> <laughs> yeah we want to see blood on the floor not the Michael Jackson song either yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you uh, shout out to John he says uh, oh sh- uh, he said knew it man uh, oh he said oh man did he drum for Vessel knew it so uh, oh, wow, yes. John knows your, your Vessel days man so yeah. shout out to that yeah. triggers are fire and not cheating arguably harder shows more of your mistake so can you explain what a trigger is exactly for somebody like it's, I don't know exactly what it's that the is it's a device that goes onto the to the bass drum and it, what it does is it carries the attack over because when you're when you're in the world of mixing and understanding how shows work yep you need to build the best relationship with if you're going to bring somebody as your secret member you know for your local show or your tour to get on um to be able to to pull that off you know what i'm saying and to get the mixing right because yes that'll clarify through the clarity of the bass drum to Mm. to make sure it blends with the band and comes out through the the pa great but it's meant to just cut through It's, it's just a constant cut through because remember is it just a sample replacement it's like a sound replacement yeah in a sense and it just cuts through the mix that's what they say and the thing is is that as a drummer you gotta remember you're human yeah so not every single hit is going to be executed with the same power and the same that's impossible that's why they have to pay drummers yeah exactly <laughs> it's, it's feeling when you're playing aggressive music like you're doing 32s on the double bass you know just not everyone you want to wave took off the trigger yeah it's not everyone's going to be executed to the t of you know what i mean it's i don't even think it would sound attractive to the ear if it was it's, would it's, it it's dynamics i mean that's a subjective matter Tr- i get what triggers you're saying. are I get optional what yeah, and it really depends but when you're coming to this music I, I see what you're saying. I wouldn't mind using it in, in the future. Well, think about hip hop. Like, think about hip hop drums, right? Because uh, I, you know, I love all styles of music. Let's 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 translate it to something else that's kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, hip hop drums, right? I guess you could consider that all trigger all the time because a lot of people. I personally like drums that have live? velocity. Live or not, just the records on on the like the way that they record them into uh, their like from a MIDI keyboard, like the drums that they do. Oh yeah, of course. you know, like and what I mean by that is that it's if you're saying that like a, a kick drum. It just uh, kind of levels the volume out to be more even. Dude, like, hip-hop drums are all 100% velocity almost all the time because they actually don't want dynamics. Yeah. They push against dynamics. I, in my own, you know, whenever I make music, I prefer hip-hop drums with dynamics. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I feel like it tells the story more, right? It's you more articulate. You know what's funny? I've As much as I've been listening to hip-hop, and I'm 36 now, so I, I don't know what nine or ten I started getting into hip hop and then I, I was into metal like by seven or six right um, I never really I, I love all of it I love all the versatility and everything going from the days of uh, Wu-Tang and going into Nas and, and, and Dead Prez and all these different groups Sick. Like, I've never because I knew they were all samples and everything off of MIDI so coming from a drummer's perspective I never really went depth like I guess why you're, you're speaking of you know to see of those samples and, and what they are you know I, I come from a, a different background as far as the right analog yeah. analog you know doing it the, old school the way. good stuff yeah <laughs> it is come Dude, on man. i was i was against program drums and sound replacing my stuff for a long time man i didn't so get how does that work these days so you know yeah. when you're when you're tracking drums sorry not to cut you out but that's something that's always fascinated me is that now when you try to record mm-hmm. live drums there's such an expectation on metal bands 
to have this impossible well, octopus drummer there's, these days. There's two sides of that. You got certain bands that want to keep it real and go analog. Nothing problem. Nothing wrong with that. You know, that's you not know, just a certain it's a preference. A certain preference, and then you got bands that they want to have that record to sound mon- monumentally huge and a very wide sound. So you have to layer the guitars and everything and all that stuff, and um, you'll do your performance. But then what happens is your actual kid, you just grab, okay, let's say, you know, you got a $2,000 kid or whatever, and you want to get a $5,000 snare drum, you got the performance, and then it just, you grab a library and you just paste it over. Yeah. You're still, you still did the job, you still did the performance, you're just enhancing. You're swapping sound, so yeah. A lot of people, that's just a mental game. I was guilty of that. Vessel days, as John was saying, uh, I, was, I was the guy that was like, no, it's got to be me. It's got to be real. It's got to be organic. You got to keep it real. (laughs) And then um, I let go of it. And um, even on the last record with Letters of the Lost, I I sound replaced the bass drum. But I was very, very fortunate with uh, Giovanni Angel, um, him and his amazing studio work. Um, That is a guy between him and Sebas for his studio, Visceral Studios. Those are two great guys um, in the scene to go and work with. Um, great personalities, um, very smart guys. And he, Giovanni, was just very fortunate. He understood me and what I was going for. And I, I blended in for the sound replacing on just the bass drum. So everything else is, is real. It's my actual kit. Yeah. You know, it's my most proud record to date when I was Absolutely. in that band. And um, as I was uh, saying before on the first Dead Stream, oh, uh, yeah. anybody that, you know, Drew Drums 84 for the Instagram and, and Facebook search engine. And uh, through the Facebook one, you'll get my whole catalog of what I did for Vessel Seven Seas and Letters, and you can listen to everything. You can even watch um, the electronic press kit of Letters of Lost. Just search it on U- YouTube and put EPK, and I, I co-directed it. And I'm just mentioning all this stuff because I'm currently not in a band. I'm just, you know, here talking about my history and been in the scene and my resume. So to yeah, speak. And, I'm, I'm and it's pr- a sick resume. I'm proud of all my work, man. I really am, you know. I'll, and your skills now are your biggest resume. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate it. You know, during um, uh, on Drew Drums eighty four on YouTube, you will see two drum covers: um, one of Slipknot Unsainted, and one of uh, like my hometown boys from here, as we were talking earlier, uh, Poison the Well. Yeah. So I um, wanted to do those two, and then I just started doing all these little clips. I was like, I want to build more content faster, so I just started started doing one minute or less clips just to get out there and just you know do it. I love it. You know, because when I, when I was in the band days, I. Uh, was against doing like my own thing everybody was like oh you need to do drum covers you're, you're great to watch you're really great to watch but I was you so, wanted to put more focus on the band I, I was like the band's gotta get signed we gotta get this going we gotta get the record we gotta, we gotta start touring we gotta, that's good though you know what I mean and, it, and that's where my, my headspace my headspace was you know that's a good attitude you, you did it for the team you know like you were, you were trying to look out for everybody you know uh, trying to make it something a bigger you know a bigger payoff yeah. or something you know just a bigger I don't know I see what you're saying, though. Yeah. I, I I think the the drum the drum cover idea is really good because today we have Instagram that you know lets everybody do things at a minute at a time. The only thing I really hate about Instagram is that they little by little they kill the quality of your sound more and more and more. And from a drummer who I, I bet could, you hear it in the hi hat right away. I I could see it. I'm very fortunate to have somebody like Sebas that we sit mm-hmm. down afterwards and go this through the mixing true. and. You know, it, mixing world is never ending of, of learning. <laughs> I've in my years of doing my, the EPs from Vessel and Seven Seas and Letters of Lost, um, mixing and recording is almost like entering the Matrix. Mm. You will never, ever it's hard to get stop out. learning. It's true, and it's you never know? done. Nothing's ever done. 
I mean, what is not a perfect, what's a perfect record? Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you, it's you, always just good enough. I think Randy Blythe from Lamb of God said it best. He goes, those records were recorded at those times, and those were the people that we were during those times, and you were capturing those. Mm. So, you know, Perfect. as the overall artist, no matter what your genre is, if you are looking back and you're like, oh, I could have done this with this way, did this drum fill or this vocal line or this guitar lick, it's like, no, dude, you were being who you are in the moment then. Now, yeah. now you're overanalyzing it. It's just a sound photograph. Of course. And, and as a musician, that's what you're going to go through. You're going to go through all these phases. And I was the elitist. I was that guy. I love it. You know, I was that's in, growth. in Vessel Days. I was the, you know, that guy, you know. <laughs> can't play his 32s right <laughs> fucking pussy. <laughs> you know what i'm saying i i let it go and i i just matured and you know really wanted to humble myself and um you know that's that's what happens to you as a musician man if, if it, you man. really want to grow though if you want to grow and that's grow. the thing you know you still bump into uh you know there are people and there's nothing wrong with confidence confidence can take you many places it can take you from a to z but at the same time, it won't. Maybe it depends on how you well, get your delivery across. I would say confidence will always get you through, but it's it's really the other coin, which is the ego. Uh, you know, that's what'll hurt the, you. The, you think the, the ego will definitely crush you. I'm with you, you man. Know, you know you have to balance that out, and I would say just make sure it matches your talent. I would say though, like in the aspect of ego, to anybody of any whatever your instrument is, or even if you're a graffiti artist or a painter or whatever, kill your ego. Always, yeah, please. Always kill your ego. Like, I'm with you. Shatter it, crush it, be humble as you can be. Always, you know, for your relationships and your networking. Um, it doesn't matter who they are, man. You know what I'm saying? Whether all my musician friends, dancers, photographers, producers, um, anybody that's in, that's part of it, always, you know, build and keep great relationships. I'm with you, man. Never, I'm the same way, dude. Never try to burn them. And um, That's a good idea. You know? And even even if, if you had a great relationship that was close, like me and, me and Speedy were close. We had mm -hmm. a great photographer. Speedy is, like, literally at my ending of seven seas and my whole entire career history of letters lost and what he captured during those that era in time wow. and he crossed over to wrestling and nothing but a respect for him and he blew up in wrestling he was working with some big shots yeah, he's doing amazing dude. he's doing amazing man i'm proud of him and in the photography world for that yeah we still keep in touch i spoke to him the other day just you know you know hitting him up well creativity is all about growth isn't it i feel like we follow a different path than other people you know i feel like there's um there are people out there that go to college, right? And then they expect to get a certain job and they expect to make a certain amount of money. And then they buy a car that fits into that amount of money. And they do all this stuff based on this plan, you know, based on this. All right. I know I'm going to do this for a year or two. Then I'm going to go do that. It's all on this grid. And nothing stresses me out more than that grid. I hate that grid. I mean, I love I don't want to go too off on a, like a rant with that. But that, please do that. This is the place to do that. <laughs> that, I mean, that's, I mean, because it's not really music related. That's more life related. I um, feel you. That demographic died. Yeah. I mean, it's still, like, my brother was very, my brother's an extreme, like, mathematician. He's, he's a coder for, for, his business, for the Great. business he's in. Great. But, I mean, look at where we're at as USA, man. Yeah. Look at where we've been the last, like, 15 years. Yeah. I know over eight out of ten people that, for everybody, everybody in my life, graduated, can't get their career. It's hard, dude. And then they're stuck at a blue-collar job. And then they're screwed over 100 to half a million dollars of, of college debt. Of debt. And you always end and up getting a job so based then, on somebody you know anyway, right? So then you right? have my personal hero right now because I look for all forms of motivation. As you should. I don't just look on a musical. I look from 
even somebody like Bruce Lee, who's yeah. martial arts, or role like models, bro. Hell Michael yeah. Jordan, or even dude, even J Lo. You know what I like about J Lo? Drive. Yeah, she that kept the girl, real. That girl's drive. She kept from from Fly Girl days to now, just drive. She kept the role. She you kept know, the role. Maybe a die hardcore kid and a metal metal head. You know, three oh five for for twenty three years plus going, but you're a musician, brother. You know what I mean? Like I find everything, and going back to that old demographic is you know, for me now is Gary V. Gary, he's amazing. I love guy, him. His delivery is, is hilarious. He's crushing it. You know, I, you know <laughs> he's I, great. I find it funny that the parents are like, why do you curse so much? And it's like. <laughs> it's how I get my fucking message across. <laughs> and why do you not curse so much? And it's funny because it's like, it's like, that's probably me in 20 years. Because one of my uh, dear, dear, extremely talented bases that I worked with in Seven Seas, uh, Nick Musamechi. This kid, I've, I've told him time and time again, man. This kid is like the modern flea victor wooten the kid is just he eats the base alive and he said it best you know me and gary v in, in similarity i'm like a knife i just cut straight through the bullshit good you know what i mean it's and hard like, to find people like that dude you got to be direct and that's how you carry your your business not in a bushy i might way. be a bullshitter i might you know? i just don't beat around the bush man that's, that's just good, you know i'm, I'm direct here's, get out of that here's what it is in the business if you're going to produce my record here's what you're going to get paid up front let's work this out and I, I always guarantee what I'm going to be doing. You That's know? the way to be, man. Those are the kind of people you want to work with. And you were saying now that you're not in a band at the moment. But I know you said earlier during the, the, the failed stream, you were we were pri- privileged enough to get some really epic information that you dropped to us. Do you feel free to repeat it again if you, if sure, you can? Sure, sure. So um, even though it's my first podcast, you know, and I've been in the good Miami as a 305 boy since 1986, uh it's time to say goodbye, man. I'm actually uh, today was a big day for me. I just turned in my documents. Wow. Uh, going uh, going up north, not too far, just a whopping three and a half hours north <laughs> to, to Orlando. To Orlando, and, the land uh, of the mouse. Yeah, gonna be there with my brothers and starting a new job, leaving University of Miami, and um, you know, just a new chapter. Orlando, I feel, is another amazing music scene. Yeah, man. Um, so many talented bands have you know from what I would like to cap out over, you know, you have Under Oath from Tampa. Uh, back in the day, you had, I didn't sc- know that. You had Scrape from Orlando. Um, you have Limbiscuit from Jacksonville. Are they from Jacksonville? Yeah, dude. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> I did not know that. a lot of great bands have just... Even Death, up. right? The, 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 well, the Death the, Metal band themselves. Yes, Orlando was the capital of Death Metal, if I'm correct, in the early 80s, between Cynic and Death. Something like that. I'm bad and, with that. John uh, course, would know. Since we're on that, now we're on that topic, you know, I'd like to give my 100% amazing um shout out to sean reinhardt you know legend that unfortunately left the world back in january um man what a crazy year it's been and it started off with all the music yeah from, from rush oh yeah sean reinhardt of of that time neil Peart was also um in agora oh really he was in the early agora so on on agora one he was on that record which that record is why like when i found out dude i i, I cried Wow. Because no, I bet, I'm close to Santi and I've done martial arts with Santi. I have been welcomed into Santiago's home. Wow. I know his whole family, his his wife Ingrid and, and all this stuff and so you um, felt the pain. So when know? Sean passed, man, I, I was blown away, dude. I, I couldn't believe it because Agora one for me was that record was a monumental point at age eighteen. Be learning algorithms like that and, and off odd meters and just good I would say European metal, even though they're a Miami band. You know, Santiago is a 
He's an ocean of theory, man. Yeah, he's well, a, they... He's a very smart guy. Man, well, what I love about prog music in general, prog and, and death metal and all these kind of like uh, somewhat challenging genres of music, you know, is that they they work off of surprise and unfamiliarity and, you know, these notes that you probably wouldn't normally use in some sort of Western music. or Pushing, you know, pushing the envelope. Pushing the envelope, man, and not being afraid of being... Uh, not not afraid of putting you through a story. I've always looked at, like, you know, Opeth is my prog. Uh, thank you, my love. Would you like a beer, my man? Another one. All right. Feel free. <laughs> feel free. Thank you, love. Uh, Opeth has always been my favorite prog band and my favorite band in general. And because I always felt like every one of their songs and one of their albums, they all, they put you through a story. And these songs are, like, ten minutes long. Don't get me wrong. They're literally like movies. But, but they put you through so many plays. And I didn't know that you could do that at that time as a teenager. I didn't know that you could do these things with sounds man, and frequencies what kids are doing now compared to our time is even amazing oh yeah yeah some of the people man i see some of these people playing like 15 string guitars <laughs> you know just we got during our era we didn't have the luxury of what kids have now a seven string was a big yeah, deal i mean like and i know john can relate because back then you had your friends that were showing you things. Uh, you dude, I mean? you had ultimateguitar.com. No social media. <laughs> no. How did you learn how to drum? Like, uh, how did you, how did you, how were you able to practice? Because, like, for us, you know, for guitar Believe players, not, we did tabs. Aside from the first, it was uh, Kendall Conservatory Music. That's where I, I just learned to hold the sticks, how to, you know, do variation and simple counting, you know, one and two and where to land the two and the four and everything like that. I uh, did it for a little self taught. Then I went, you know, um, I went nine years self taught. And then Gian, um, who was also, like I mentioned before, in, in Agora, who's now in Daybreak Embrace, I, I did lessons with him in 2007 for a while. And that changed my whole game from understanding that my ergonomics were wrong, my technique was wrong, so, like, you know, my ego was shattered. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I had to learn all over after nine years. Wow. But then again, it paid off because now I don't have no carpal tunnel, I don't suffer or needed any type of surgeries. So, you know, I got to give credit where credit's due. That's major. You know, that's a good friend of mine, and uh, that guy is, that guy is, major, uh, a phenomenal drummer. He's a great guy. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that you haven't dealt with any sort of injuries and stuff, because I'm, I think I'm on that journey now, mm-hmm. where I think my technique has been kind of goofy all these years. Well, what are, what you got to start with is uh, stretches, man. I literally uh, like you can ask any of my former bandmates. I don't even, um, I don't even go near my drum set unless I get a good ten to twelve minute of stretches. What so, are some good drum stretches? If you well, the, I actually use one from one of my guitarists, uh, Brian Russell from Killing High School that I graduated from. Uh, just a simple taking, you know, on the first half of going so, yeah, counting to fifteen to twenty seconds, and then when you come on the up, this is where everybody fails. The thumb's got to be in. The thumb never leave it out. Oh. So you start to feel all those tendons under here. So it pulls the. the and wrist. then your arm's got to be straight. Don't be doing this or this, and that's those are great techniques to go into and stuff like that. And then. That's just to kind of get the muscles from here, get them a little spaghetti and loose, and then start working on individual tendons for, as a drummer. And then from there, start doing all my rudiments and stuff and building up and doing all the videos that I do online and yeah, yeah, drum yeah. covers and stuff like that. And what happens is, is that once, once you get into it, you get warmer and warmer and warmer, and then you get into a zone where you just you find like a pocket. You know, and I'm sure other musicians can relate on their instruments. For once sure. you get on that and you pass all that warm-up phase, it's butter. Dude, I'm with you. There comes a point in guitar where I will you will be playing long enough and you calm yourself down enough to where 
I'll be picking and it doesn't even feel like I'm doing anything. It's really odd. Mm-hmm. It's really weird, dude. And I and I've tried to explain it to other people and they're like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Mm. But <laughs> like other guitar players, you know, because maybe they don't, you know, maybe they don't. I don't know, man. I feel like uh, music for me is a very spiritual beast, you know. And I'm not I'm not a hippie type of cat, really. You know, like I like I I just try to put things out there and then I feel like I, I throw ideas into the air and then there's and then I just jump up and pick what I can what I can you know it's a very it's like you send signals out and then they come back to you in some way if you start doing that once you you know once you find your your schedule and everything that you do and I'd say within the first three days you're gonna you're gonna feel a difference that's that's a beautiful thing thing about about the human body you know whatever you change whether it's your diet or certain habits Mm. your body converts very quickly you know what I mean so as as a drummer you wanna you start to learn all those things (laughs) I love it. What is the breathing like during drumming? What do you What do you do for your breathing? Like, do you just? Is there a certain? Have you noticed oh, that you sometimes you're short on breath because Compared you're taking to back in the day when yeah. my ergonomics were off? I was hunched over, legs were up because the throne was too low, and I'm there like <gasps> you know, back in the vessel days, and then you know getting all my lessons from Gian. So I would say where I'm at now, I'm kind of like when I play now, it's I know it's gonna sound cheesy, but to me, it's like I just I'm not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I physically, yes, I am. I get it, but it, mentally, I kind of just, I'm in a, such a happy. You're place. like a vehicle. You know, right? I, I am a very spiritual person. I don't really talk about that too much in the music scene and stuff like that. You know, music, as they say, don't really talk about. That's from my influence, my old man. You know, I don't really bring up religion, politics around people, and I am a spiritual person. So, like, I kind of blended that with what I do. So, for anybody, I love that's, that. anybody that's, that's seen me perform, the reason why you probably have seen me lose my shit on stage when I get really into it and you just see all the rage and all the emotion and just uh, and everything like that it's because I'm not there yeah I'm literally just channeling in a different dimension if you want to call it as cheesy as that may sound it's real and I just and then I get to look up at my band members and it's like the hard work no I'm with you all that songwriting all that screaming at each other it paid off. I'm with you, man. I mean, I don't get to have those moments on stage because I don't play live, but I feel like that when I'm recording my music. Mm-hmm. You know, there are times like I, I, I'll record a backing, not a backing track, but I record the song, and I always try to save the guitar for the end. Yeah. Because I feel like that's where I get the most distracted if I start right away. Mm-hmm. If I start with the guitar first, I'm going to start making a million riffs, and it just never goes anywhere. I try to start with the drums first. I start with the bass sometimes, mm-hmm. chords on the always, piano. Always try different ways of mixing things up absolutely you know I mean? like i'm old school in the sense of like when it came to writing when it came to writing i the reason why i was against um getting on a keyboard and doing program drums or setting it up on on those programs i was the guy that wanted to improv it over and over and over and over and over right there on the drum kit with my band members until i got it right and until i was happy but i love that fuck because that's the old school way but then i get it it's exhausting on the body that's probably why i build so much endurance because i've had like Ryan from Seven Seas when I first started working with him he was like dude it's been four hours my fingers are done <laughs> and I'm like what do you mean like we're just getting warmed up and and I'm, I'm used to those kind of days so that was awesome when I started to um, with one of my members from, from when I was in letters um, finally letting go of my ego mentality and wanting to touch up with program drums and everything I was like oh cool I, I got creative but I didn't physically have to do anything I just dived in to the writing to the writing of that and was like okay I could play a lot of stuff like that and then take it home listen to it listen to it and then fine tune it on my own Add and then kind of get my flavor so in that aspect for you just try anything and everything and you'd be surprised because you never know you might build three strategies 
and when one gives you a little bit of writer's block, try the other one, and it might be a refresher. Absolutely, I'm I'm, I'm definitely going to take that advice into the the second album. I've been you know working on my second one now, mm-hmm. and I'm having fun with it. I'm trying to do something a little bit different from the first one. Definitely. You know, I'm just trying to take it. You know, I don't want to. I don't know what the hell my genre is, because I like so many of them, and I don't feel like I have to stick it anywhere. I feel like. You want to be just a big ass boy. Yeah, pretty much, and it, and it sucks because and it sucks because like you know when it comes to marketing yourself and business wise, of course you want to fit some sort of niche because you want people to kind of find you easily. Well, I mean, think about how we felt in Letters of Lost. You know, for that last project was there was hybrid metal, so between right. you know between the gent and the, the jazz and the prog, and you know you listen to if you listen to that records uh, called Walk with Us, you know you'll see a big difference from one of the songs that everybody loved called Canopsia. That was like our anthem, so to speak. And then you listen to a song like Devil's Son, and it's it's like this is the same band. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and but there's still that that tinge that that what that signature sound that we were trying to create on our own thing, you know. And they'll fall into it, man. You know, I think one of the greatest aspects of that or influences that I've always carried with all my music is Led Zeppelin. Mm. You know what I mean? You look, you've seen their timeline and their growth. And they weren't afraid to try certain things that other bands would be like, I don't know, man. And look at where we are now, dude. 2020, yeah. their records are still being pumped to the yeah. show. Well, I think about it like, how are you supposed to be? How are you supposed to be groundbreaking in anything if you don't? If you're not willing to try some different sounds and different scales, different notes, different ideas, different textures, like you gotta. That's why I fell in love with Opeth in general. I know I bring them up a lot, but honestly, that band changed my life only mm-hmm. because they give me everything. I'm not kidding. They give me everything. They give me the the insane metal. They give me the groove. Mm. Holy Jesus! That, that that drummer Martin Lopez, they're for, like the first drummer they had. I'm not the I'm not like guy. the biggest. Of course, I know who Opeth is. Yeah. I've heard I've heard a few songs. I never really went deep deep on it. And you know, I'm sure there's probably some like diehard metal metal elitists that are gonna watch this later and be like, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> People get my get, get on me like that with every single band because there's a lot I have not heard. Because honestly, I got really into rap after a long time, so like I left them and I didn't leave the metal world, but I just love different genres. It's hard for me. I don't know, man. I'm not the kind of cat that could listen to a million songs in a day. I just can't. I don't have the. Uh, I, I don't that, have the attention span. I am that guy. <laughs> I would love to be that guy. I just wish I, I just I like to sit with music and I like to let it absorb into me. I think my problem now is is that like. That's cool. So, like, I do, like, accounts and stuff for my job since we're working from home for COVID. True. And I got a laptop next to me, whatever, and I'm mm. literally jumping from Bjork to Pantera to Meshuga, <laughs> and then over to Wu-Tang. Love and then, it. believe it or not, uh, um, I really like what she's doing, and I'm actually glad she... She so young. I mean, talk about wow! Such so much, so much to absorb. And Are we gonna say Billy? Billy Eilish. Man. Are we gonna say Billy? Wow! Girl's got a voice, dude. She does have a voice. She has a voice, and if, if people, she's were, the new Avril Lavigne, dude. I, I wish I was I kidding. Mean, she well, in a way, dude. In, in the sense of mainstream and blowing up, yes, dude, on the business. She's... But if you really dial into her album and what it is, and I mean, I'm like I said, I like everything, dude. I'm 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 adopted by a wonderful family from Trinidad and Tobago. I love music. So I, I come, you know, from... Oh, the, from that's the, where the brown comes yeah, from. Man. I was wondering. Well, I'm, I'm Colombian. I'm from Bogota, but I was adopted as a baby. The lovely Claudia's from Bogota. Awesome. Sweet. So, I, you know, I lived in Trinidad for a couple of years, and then I came here in Miami. And, um, Sweet. You know, I just loved everything since, since I was a kid. So, I mean, for me, Billie Eilish, sure, some songs could be dancey, but she has some great ballads. And then no, she has great. some dark stuff. And you know what's interesting? Notice that we are in a world where mental health is through the roof. She blows up. The girl's about, I think she's now 18. No, she's she blew 18, up yeah. right before. The girl's got, has cashed in. She's made, you know, she's, she's, she's stadium. She played the, uh, in March, um, literally like days before COVID hit. She played um, 
the AAA, mm. American Airlines Arena. You're I've like, seen her at like live shows. You're 17 years old and you're dude. selling out the freaking AAA, dude. I had friends that went to the show and they would like take pictures of like the, they were like taking Instagram stories of the concert, mm -hmm. and I was and I saw her jumping around on stage and the crowd, man, it was just like a sea of human beings. Mm -hmm. It was unbelievable. But and I'm, I'm happy. I'm super happy for that because the thing is, is she is like the up and comer in the sense of look at um years ago what was the other lady the girl that blew up with her amazing voice Adele, Adele? Mm -hmm. right Adele can sing for sure okay even she can sing her ass even um she can sing um you know really well you know other people that are big in the metal community were like thank God somebody yeah. that doesn't need to be auto tuned to death yeah oh you man. know what I mean so uh, with yeah. Billy. If you really look at even some of her live performances... She could really do that like that? I haven't girl, dove in like that. Girl's got it. She has a different dynamic, but I'm glad because her music is dark. Some, yeah. of her, some of her music videos, it has all the devilish stuff and dark and blood. There's some twists. I've seen, some, I've seen a, a one or two there. of them, and they're so pretty wild. So she's not really bubblegummed like what Britney Spears was. No. You know, she... Um, she's she, new pop. I'm glad so. that she's, she's, she's that big because now all these girls that are watching her, that are the musicians, that are learning to be a musician and a singer... They will now take it to that level where they want to get this mm. to be top notch. I'm with you, you there. Know, no more of this auto tune stuff. You know, I get it. It's you know, metal bands do use it. Bjork does use it. Maynard James Keenan does use it to a yeah. degree. It's one thing to just be a little dash. It's just pitching. If it's just pitching a couple of cents, yeah. I get it. But if you're gonna like completely just maximize, if we it, can hear how much is being used. Yeah. That's, That's the problem. And don't get me wrong, a lot of the people it's these not days. Human, man. It's just... No, and a lot of people these days actually sing wrong on purpose to be able to let the autotune kick in. Yeah. You know, so it's like yeah. become part of their sound. Sorry, man. I got too much pride to, to go. That's like asking me, Andrew, just, just fuck up tonight on the stage. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> imagine if they had autotune on the guitar. Or the like, drums, imagine, yeah. or the drums. Like, imagine if they were like, just get near the, <laughs> the you know, the, yeah. the, the head of the drum and, 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 and it'll just trigger it for you. Just get near it. At least over the years from the experience, you know, playing all the shows from back in the day of Cafe Cristal and Churchill's and all these different places, uh, when it comes to, to fucking up, is having that quick save time. To get you back on track. You're there and da -da -da, oh, and then bam, grab the next New thing and stick. land right ah. back. Land right back on, on the time and people are like, he didn't miss it, that son of a bitch. <laughs> dude, I love, dude, being being in the crowd and me and my buddy, because me and my buddy, like we were always kind of like the metalheads in the hardcore crowd. Because the hardcore crowd was always just waiting for the breakdown, yeah. where me and my friend were always listening to the riffs. Yes. You know, and, and we were always being the front with our arms up on the stage just kind of headbanging. I was both. <laughs> I loved it. Hey, man, it was cool. When Nonpoint was blowing up and it was... Uh, they were so sick, It was dude. Zeta Fest and they were, they were doing... Um, Zeta. What was it? I think it was called Hive. That song, Hive. So when they did that song and, and great Stone Temple Pilots was on the bill and Deftones, it was like 10,000 people. Me and this kid started a pit. I was like a crackhead. I was like this, man. <laughs> I was literally like this as a kid. You could just go, and there you go. I go right back to Trinidad. And uh, I just started that pit, and um, I was like, oh, my God. I just opened I up. I just opened up a total wall of death. Yes. Oh, man. So, sick, so then though, I man. became you, and I was like, I'm just going to chill back here. Yes. Sip this beer. Before I get wrecked. I'm going to study, study that number before <laughs> I get wrecked. That's what it was for us, dude. Me and my buddy were the same size, so we were like, eh, let's just uh, let's just get musical with it. Let's just helicopter. Uh, we saw the Devil Wears Prada at the Talent Farm. Oh you know, my God! Which Talent was Farm. at the Talent Farm, you know. Throwback. I got nearby here in Pembroke Pines. Yeah, I got um. What was it? Which new, I didn't realize at the time. New Times. New Times did a. Uh, 
uh, did a thing on Seven Seas when we played there. No way! Yeah, man, Shout cool. out to them. That's what's up. Yeah, it's, it's it's a great feeling, man. I know it may seem silly to others to be like, dude, you're in a, a newspaper thing, like, you know, but for the artists, it's just... That's rad. Especially after a long time, man. You know, something so small can just have so much meaning. I think it's always <laughs> I think it's always better to get recognized in your own city first before... I mean, of course, it's, if you're going to get recognized globally, why not? But respecting your own city first, is it's like the first taste of... Mm-hmm. That juiciness. Uh, Chris in the chat says, right back to Trini. <laughs> in reference to the, the yeah, comment earlier. Of course. But of course, man. honestly, what I missed today, oh, sorry, they're, they're a little, really quickly, uh, the reason I compared um, Billie Eilish to Avril Lavigne mm-hmm. is because I noticed that it's not just that she's popular, right. that's obvious, it's the fact that she's influential. Oh, of when I go out, dude, when I go outside to Walmart, you know, or, you know, Target and all these places. Guess what I see? A bunch of young girls dressed like Billie Eilish. They got green, blue, purple hair, all that good stuff. They got camouflage, whatever. They got big hoodies. They and I'm, I'm actually dressed really, like her. I'm glad to see that, dude. Because, Same here. Because when I was 13, I had the black nails and I had the Marilyn Manson shirt. I miss it, dude. You know, I had my long, you know, the mushroom haircut with the hair down. And like, yeah, dude. Andy and Cr- dude, how cool Andy was Christ it? Superstar. <laughs> and how cool was it seeing somebody across the fucking street and being like, oh, that dude's probably cool as shit. Let's go chill. You know? So And then you get to go chill with people. Yeah. It became our way to kind of hang out, man. And we haven't had that. And when I say we, I mean like the, the rock and metal community, man. We have not had that in a long time, dude. We haven't. You know, uh, for a long time, ever since the Columbine dealie, they've been kind of... Rock just left the radio right after that happened because guess what? They blamed Marilyn Manson for that shooting. I remember that. And next thing you know, yeah. guess what? No more new metal on the radio. All of a sudden, we're gonna we're gonna push EDM. We're gonna push uh, rap more. Well, it's you know, again, I've been here since '86, so I mean, watching the wave and all the different changes, watching the the hardcore phase and then the new metal phase and then. Uh, metalcore phase and then the emo phase where everybody was emo. like the Hawthorne Heights with the four ah. four pounds of gel like this and the skinny jeans where your nuts are like bulging and like, <laughs> your nuts are sticking out of your like, zipper why are you wearing your girlfriend's jeans what are you doing like no at it's least my fat. era my era with Jenko is like yo we we were breathing down there you know what I'm saying like, it was very genitalia friendly it was it was I'm telling you no 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 the the the, the. <laughs> The MySpace RAR phase was kind of nuts, man. I just remember seeing the was it the crab dances where they would do like these crab, <laughs> the crab <laughs> movements. That was my favorite thing. I love it. But those, you know, when I think back at it though, those were really cool fads to go through because I think it's just we were growing, dude. We were trying to figure out what was cool. Um, I look back at some Marilyn Manson stuff, and I, it's it's cringy. It's funny, mm-hmm. you know. It's 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 a, some of the stuff that people used to wear. Um, I just love it. The the big ball bracelets, the metal ball, yeah, bra- yeah. the necklaces that people used to wear, the, the diamond bracelets. But it was fun. It was a sense of community. You knew that you wanted to go see a, a show on the weekend. You knew that you wanted to listen to some dope new music. You wanted to get into a band's new album. You maybe wanted to even buy their shirt if you thought they were that cool. It was a good time. I was always, um, and I still am, man. I mean, you can ask, you can ask the guys in Falsetta. You know, you can ask Dineside, all those bands. You know, even Dineside. even as a guy in his mid thirties, I am the guy that when I first found out about you, I'm the dude that wants to start the pit. I'm the dude that wants to jump on stage and sing with you guys, 
I'm the dude that wants to buy your shirt and your CD, and then by the next day, I'm going to make a post, and I'm going to share a video of what I captured of you live. I like, that it. part of me is still the child where I actually still have my parents' house, the VHS tapes. So, similar to what became Tebow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would, when VH1 would do Metallica or Chili Peppers, whatever, I still have the tapes, dude. Me, too. I used to so record music videos and I stuff. I would record commercial pause. It comes back on, record. Same! And then I document it, write it, and then I'd watch it probably 40,000 times because I became obsessed with the lifestyle of what these guys were doing and just watching them, watching the band start in the garage days. And Same here, dude. Getting that deal and seeing the fans and then getting to the stage that they always wanted to play that they said, one, <sighs> day, one day we're going to do it. It was my dream, dude. You know, it didn't matter the band. Even even um, even when I grew up to uh, 311, you know. One of my favorite bands. Nick Hexum, Hexum said it. He says, you know, we're going to rock this stage one day and we're going to do it. And, and look at 311 day every year. Boom. You got a damn new was in New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans. They they do it somewhere different. They did yeah. Ve- I think they did Vegas yeah. this last year. But it was amazing. The, the mayor of New Orleans. Did yeah. he? You they see, did the like, whole thing with the wow. key of the city and said that on March 11th, from this day going forward, will be 311 day for the rest of. 311 is one of my favorite bands for that same reason. They did so much, dude. They mm-hmm. did so much, and that drummer sick Chad Sexton. His name is it, right? Ja- Chad Sexton is. Is beast in a total pocket. He's a baller, dude. Drummer way, dude. He, Man, I hear yeah. some of the drums he does, Latin style, you know, punk, you name it, rock, He's, whatever. You can do it all. That guy is pocket drumming. Yeah, he's him nice. and Josh Freese of Perfect Circle and Nine Inch Nails and everything. Josh has. Josh has done so much amazing, great work, man. I but love it. Josh actually, um, when I was in Seven Seas, he actually responded back to a tweet. Oh, um, that makes you feel. That so was sick, like. Right? Frozen, ah! like ran around. I was like, "Dad, my hero! Oh, the guy's tattooed on my chest. You know, perfect circle." Oh, I'd have gone nuts, dude. Um, I felt that way with um, with Sleepy Brown from Out. Not he's not in Outcast, but there's a guy in So Fresh and So Clean, the Outcast song. Okay, he's the bald dude with the glasses and the mink coat. He's he's the he's the guy that sings the hook with them. You know, he's not credited on the song, but he's he's in the video and stuff. He does that. He has his voice, and I did a I did a fun little. Just, I did the melody of uh, So Fresh and So Clean on the guitar, and I posted it, and I tagged him, and he ended up giving me a little... Yeah. Gave me some horns. Yeah. He, he gave me some respect. So I was like, oh. So, so, yeah. so shout out to Sleepy Brown. Those type of moments make you feel amazing, because those, those are songs Dude. that you've carried with you your whole life. Last year, Eric from Night Versus, oh. I, I did a quick snippet of one of his songs, because Night Versus used to have a vocalist, and then they went instrumental. Right. So on the earlier stuff, um, I did a quick part, which was very tricky to learn, because it has uh, what's called Herda's. That's the famous thing in Meshuggah, in the Bleed song. Okay. The whole... Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to do it and like, make too much noise. But, but, <laughs> I don't um, know how I did it without that. But uh, That's weird. You know, with, with the whole... Um, uh, there's like Sick. a piece of that in the music. The little and burst. He li- and he liked it and everything, and I was like, whoa. And then Poison oh, the Well liked man. my cover of what I did of their song for... Uh, it was Artist Rendering of Me. That's the name of the, the track for their classic album, which is like a timeless record. The opposite of December is the... Oh my god! I always forget. <laughs> everybody knows it is opposite December. Is is the season till something? I wish I knew. I, I but um, know. you know, it was a great album from '99. Definitely, that album was uh, like the holy grail for me, man. I'm, that was the album as a local kid. Like, what is this? <laughs> I must consume all of this. <laughs> what I what I love about those days, man, is that you know the internet was still kind of new. Oh, yeah. So we didn't know yeah. how to. Yeah. We couldn't just watch a YouTube MySpace, playthrough. Dude, my boy told me he's like, dude, I figured out a way how to meet new chicks. 
I almost dropped. I used to, we used to play. What do you mean vampire this freaks? Is when, <laughs> this, is when, this is when Halo just came out. The game. Oh yeah. So two of my homeboys, my best friends, James and Lewis, they were addicted, and we, we used to grab a bunch of like Seven Eleven junk food. And sip old English 40s. Sweet. The good old, the 32s. We don't get 40s here. No, we had 40s here, buddy. Did we? Yeah. When did they fucking, yeah. bro, we could only yeah. get 32s? This is how old I'm getting. God damn. <laughs> so. They must have thought, they must have fucking yeah, fucked dude. it so up we, for us. So, so we, continue, yes. We had that. And he's like, dude, I figured out a way how to meet or get back in touch with girls from school. You know, Sick. We're like, what is this? Like, MySpace. <laughs> Me and my boy just looked at each other with our beers and we were like, Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> MySpace was awesome, dude. I miss it. It had individuality. Facebook was like, nope, we're going to make everything look the same. And everybody was like, we're down for some odd reason. I think MySpace was getting hacked. It's though. funny now that we're on, on platforms now with this topic. Um, yeah, social this, media. I have a topic is, down there. This is why TikTok is the winner right now. Dude. Because, because Mark Zuckerberg doesn't own it. Number True. One. And the reason to that is the algorithm is insane. Tell it me about that. I have one clip. Okay, you guys can personally go right now to a TikTok, look up Drew Drums 84. Okay, I have just broken 148,000 views on a 12 second clip, and it was a TBT from 2014. You know, it's a quick little thing, and I do 32. The 32s on the 32s it were nuts, though. On the dull base. I think I might have even hit you up. Like, I was right. sick. Yeah, that's the one. And um, it's still going. That Dude. was done like six weeks ago. It's amazing. And in the first few days, I was like, I broke 5,000. Awesome. I was already hyped. Yeah. Every single week I check it, and every week the algorithms are just keep going and going. Why? Because it's organic. It's good. So Zuckerberg, you know, for the people that are not the Zuckster. into the nerd of, of algorithms and how social media works, back in the Facebook early Facebook days and early Instagram days, you can post something and you got more views and more algorithm bands didn't get it what's called a cap ten percent mm -hmm. so right so the reason why zuckerberg is insanely overly the top rich is not is not just the ads it's the artists that need to pay for the boosts those boosts add up and you're talking about you do the numbers zuckerberg has a very wonderful bank account <laughs> especially considering they work off those uh, boosts like kind of like an auction to where it's like booster and it'll recommend a booster for 20 bucks yeah. Booster for, and it's, the number's always different. What, booster for 10, booster for 15. region and all these different things. Exactly. And, so. that is, and, and I've been a victim of that, kind of, you know. I did an experiment with my uh, personal Instagram page where I was like, you know what, I'm going to make a music page, but I'm going to make it a personal account, not a business account. I mean, account. my advice since I went from the kind of musician that I used to be a big-time elitist and I was very uh, ignorant to a lot of things. Right. And I'm a different person. Um, do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've I've still have musicians, friends that I love them to death. They're super talented, but they're like, I'll never do it. I'll never give it to Zuckerberg. I won't sell out. And it's like, dude, it's, you're trying to get out there, right? It's just exposure. You're like... trying to get exposure, right? So at the end of the day, what truly tell me what you think success is? You know, don't give me that, yeah. that keep it real thing. You know, it's when you say you want to keep it real, you're just a band that's just going to go nowhere and you're going to stay in your hometown. And Yeah, and then you're going to blame everybody else for why you didn't make have it. Have fun to the 50 people that still come to your shows. And yeah. That's, that's it. And at the end of the day, dude, like a record label back in the day might have done the same thing that Facebook could do for you today, which is show you to a lot of people but end up giving you no money, okay. which a record label did that to plenty of people back in the day. Exactly, man. People, oh. people got to realize selling Absolutely. out and success are two different things. Exactly. And... and <laughs> That's a good topic. Really quick, though, if you don't mind, I'm gonna play another clip because honestly, I've gotta, I gotta pee my brains out. I'm oh. getting, I'm getting, oh, I'm boy. getting uncomfortably. The beer's kicking. Pee pee mode, yes. <laughs> 
So we're gonna go ahead and play another clip from uh, Drew Drums eighty four because you got so many sick. From the Instagram or from a YouTube? From the Instagram. Why is this not coming up? Uh, give me one second. A shaboom. There you go. We'll throw it up there. And let's see. What are we on right here? Drew Drums eighty four. Let's go through some clips. Let's sure. play this one. I don't know what this one is. Let's see. Oh, look at that drum kit. Look at those ergonomics. <laughs> All right. I'm going to let this loop while I use the bathroom really quick. I'll be right back. Hey. All right, we are back, folks. Sorry, guys, it's the age of Corona, so I actually had to wash my hands very nicely. <laughs> took me, it took, it took me a couple more seconds. <laughs> so anyway, we were at uh, Technique, man, and we were at the. Um, what's the what's the last thing we we're talking about? I can't remember. I'm, I'm super yeah, bad with that. I totally blanked on that too, man. I'm, yeah, it's one of those things. It's, All the types of topics. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether you podcast or not. That's always one. Of, that's one of the hardest things in life is to remember the last thing you talked about. I don't know why. I can't do it. I've never been able to do it. I was always better with a longer term memory than I was a short term. <laughs> yeah, man. Anyway, so drums, man. We were talking about that awesome technique. Talking about ergonomics, and you know, guitar playing works the same way, man. Is that a lot of people try to play really fast, and then they get too tense. And then that, that carpal tunnel starts showing up, you know, that, that lactic yeah. acid fermentation, whatever they call that. Yeah. You know? Once, um, you, once you take 
the stretches and technique into real consideration. Stretches. Did we do that on this episode, or was it the old one? Oh my god. The uh, possibly. Uh, um, I don't know if that was that one or not. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, just in case. <laughs> beer's kicking in. Though. The We're beer's good. kicking in. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 a messy it's a messy but fun episode. To be honest, this is why I do this show, man. Yeah, it's fun. It's a it's a free for all kind of thing. And it's live, dude. Like what I. What annoys me the most about a lot of media these days is that number one, it's censored. Number two, it's edited. And it's just, it's edited for the wrong reasons. You know, if you're just going to cut the silence out, that's one thing. But if you're going to, if somebody's going to hit you up and say like, hey, uh, you know, I, I probably shouldn't have said that. Could you remove that? It turns into one of those things where it's like, I get it. But at the same time, why are you so afraid of showing people who you really are? You get a little self-conscious and I mean, obviously you don't want to go deep on something and come off extremely offensive or negative yeah 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 you know that's definitely your own doing but for sure, you know, for I, sure. I, I can see where that, that comes from right like nobody wants to go to jail for something they said you know so to speak but at the same time it's like why are you saying weird shit <laughs> don't get me wrong things can get mi uh, mixed around and things can get kind of thrown about but it's just i love live tv for that reason you know yeah. and i think this is the one advantage that we have over all these other people is that we get to do this in the right now and you know all the people at home get to hang out and and and, and chill with us and they get to just kind of and it's amazing man like uh it's a good balance for the quarantine yeah and and especially since the quarantine all these new shows have popped up and i'm excited man now this is the kind of tv i wanted it's funny because you know totally glad to be a you know like a an artist and a musician on your on your podcast and everything but it's it's quarantine benefited us. There was like memes going around where it's like as a musician, you're like, okay, I'm realizing seventy percent of my life is quarantine. <laughs> you know? It's so true. It's so true because you're home and you're practicing and you you watch your budget because you're not trying to overspend. You whether you're investing in a gear or recording or whatever your band is doing, um, that nature. So really, to me, I I adapted like that overnight. Yeah, and. That's what I was saying. You know, one of the topics below is quarantine practice. And I feel like those are <laughs> those are one and the same. Mm -hmm. If you're at home and your drum set is a few feet away from you. Excuse me. If you've been doing it this long, of course you're going to want to play it. Yeah. It's all about just uh, scheduling, you know, and keeping busy, keeping productive. Yeah. Um, I would say the biggest thing. Do you stay away from the news? I feel like that's a tough it's one. It's like it's a tough one because you want to keep up to date with certain things. Yeah. Um, there's so much information going around. There's just so much, man. The the world is in a very interesting place. But I, I think agree, dude. I think you know, as again, you know, we went, we've made it through the Great Depression, we've made it through an economy crash, we've made it through two world wars. We've we've always come through, and as a as a human race, we're going to learn these things, and everything's going to be constantly being. Uh, it's like evolving, I guess. It's going to evolve, and it's going to change certain things that are going to be for a, a better lifestyle. I agree, yeah, I agree, I agree, you know, I agree, I agree. I'm with We're you. just going through a combination, and you know, 2020 is just like, dang, dude. We're all on this, like, any 2019 to me, like, yo, 2020, the vision, we're going to get it. Yeah, we we're thought the, 2019 we're, sucked. We're on, we're on the hustle, and then 2020 is like, oh, yeah? Fuck your <laughs> hustle. Watch, bro, watch this, bro. I'm going to bend you over, <laughs> no lube, and just go wham. You know, so it was. Uh, wham, bam, no, thank you, know, you man. We're, yeah. half, we're halfway through the year, and it's just like now we're making fun of each other. We're like, yo, level six, Jumanji, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the next big catastrophic event is always like, well, we've seen it all. 
It's 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 funny how. What was the other one? The murder hornets. Oh, the murder hornets, which <laughs> conveniently just disappeared all of a sudden. Like that was that was a story for a oh week. Oh my god, dude! I died of laughter on that. The one. The media is amazing. Right now, I think it's a really good time. Uh, speaking of since everything that we're talking about, I think it's a really good time for a a, a rock and metal resurgence. Back it, onto the radio it, is what I'm talking about. It will be because Back the mainstream. definitely people need it for the therapy aspect. People I mean, need to rage. They need to rage, and I think I think um, they're dying it, to rage. It funny though when you talk about media that look at where we were during our parents when you were in the days of Black Sabbath. You're like, oh, you listen to devil music. It's worshiping. You play the record backwards. It's you know the secret words of Satan, whatever. Then you come to when we were kids in the rocker rapper prep phase. People literally tell me, like, oh, you listen to rock? Oh, so you're into the devil. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, this, no, dude, I just like music. Like, just, yeah, like, what do you mean? Like, I was raised Catholic. I mean, not that I like to boast Did about that. Dope riffs. Anything, but it's like, that's... I like the riffs. I like the riffs, and I enjoy the, the screaming. Drums, and, yeah. you know, instead of going out there, and one of my personal favorites for influence is Maynard from Tool. Um, you use the music as a way to get you through your day. Because, of course. You know, releasing steam from the pot from one of his famous interviews from 2001 mm. during the Lateralis days. You don't really want to go out there and actually cause an act of violence or go out there and just go on a killing spree Start because your consequences are going to be, you know, death penalty or life in prison or whatever. So, yeah. Even these people in today's world, hardcore music and, and metal and everything of that aggressive tone would be the perfect therapeutic aspect for everybody. You know, it I really, agree. It really would in this in today's day and age. Absolutely, mm-hmm. man. You know, and with the Tony Hawk re-release coming this year, oh my god, their Skate Four is coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Another game coming out called Skater XL is coming out this year. There's all there's like f- literally four different skateboarding video games coming out this year. Wow. Which I'm not I'm not trying to say it's like planned, but I'm trying to say, which it's pretty obvious that it is. <laughs> um, yeah, like like none of them knew they were supposed to work on this for years. Anyway, like people like like games get built in six months. Anyway, uh, nothing is planned, but at the same time, it's a good time to 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 be into that rebel mode, like skateboarding, like those Tony Hawk games got us into you know the X Games, Mm -hmm. and checking out those kind of things, and 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 the music involved in those games. I think it'd be amazing that these people that hopefully catch themselves in the heat of emotions, yeah, or like you know what, instead of going to commit this act of violence, let me just go online, online and start searching things and they come across whatever it is they find. I don't even care if they're like raging to freaking Limbiscuit. Yeah. Just a way to release the anger and not commit an act of violence and all this writing and looting and things that are, are I agree. happening. Nothing wrong with protesting. I'm all for it. You know I'm saying? I want that change. You know for what sure. I mean? Like I haven't really, I've had one, it wasn't brutal type racism. I was coming back from, from Trinidad, from Carnival. Right. And it was obviously 9-11 happened in 2001. This is oh. a few laughter, so all the strictness in the airports. The guy just took one look at me and because I'm, I look Indian as well. Yeah. You know, it's, can you step to the side? I said, sure, check my bags. You know, They've done that to me. Coming that's back true. to Carnival. So that, that's really the, the closest thing. I don't really have anything else to come close to. I'm with you. Unfortunately, this, this, the craziness that has gone on in this world. But, you know, we're going to come out of this, man. We, I we completely will. agree. You know, and I hope that <clears throat> this change affects affects for the better of all people of color. I'm know? with because it, man. Because it's happening to Latinos. No, no, it's happening. Yeah, yeah. It's, it happens it's to happening. anybody who's not. You know? And I mean. The status quo. You know, believe it or not, it, it does happen to white people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the biggest <laughs> ones. True. I mean, not that I want to go too much on this because we're here for music, but, you know, 
cops do plant drugs and I've seen innocent white people I've seen the videos and it's like why are you taking meth and putting it in a, a woman that just went 15 miles over come on man yeah yeah they do that all the time dude come corrupt on, dude. corrupt police are gonna be corrupt no matter who they're targeting you know what I mean like so that's, that's why I hope the I'm biggest just to kind of end this this thing yeah. this, this uh, personal topic is I hope that the biggest change is a very extreme reform for cops yes, I agree like I the agree. type where you can even take a, psycholo a psychology test and I think in the oath, what they need to do is, besides swearing that they're going to protect and serve, also stating that I am not racist. Mm. So that way, if you commit this, you're done. I'm with and you once, on that. And That's once a good you're idea. Once you're terminated in your precinct within your state, that also eliminates you from the rest of America. I'm with you on that, man. You know, So that way, it really puts the cop to be like, okay, the, these days are over. I can't get away with this. I got to really give it my all, you know? I've been having a hard time trying to find some sort of solution myself, and you know what? That one is a good one. I like that idea. I mean, dude, I'm not a guy of college. I was, you know, I'm high school educated. I Same did, here, I brother. I did a little vocational in here and there, but I mean, it's not rocket science to really sit there and say what's a way to really grab it's the this, art of humanity. Grab, grab the blue cops. My blue. What is it? Blue lives matter. Oh yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I get it. They do do their job. And they are good cops. But, yeah. You know, just reform. Get more on top of that. And you will see a massive repercussion of a better difference Absolutely. to change all these things and to not allow them to turn off their cameras when they want to be tricky with it to get get away with things. Absolutely, man. And you will see massive change. And cultures are tricky. It doesn't matter who you're who you're talking about. All cultures get tricky because all cultures learn different things, and you know it's a tricky one. It's it's hard. It, you know, we're, we're, I think life has always been. If life was easy, it would be. You know, uh, got that right. We constantly, human beings, we're on a path to kind of figure out what is the best way that we're all going to be on the same page. And it's tough because we've all been taught so many different things. That's why we're all trying to figure out how to get on the same page. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. uh, as long as we could try to get on that without sort of uh, drawing any blood, I'm all for it. You know, as, as long as we can make some sort of change happen without anybody mm -hmm. showing me <laughs> their internals. <laughs> I think we're good to go. You know, I, you, I just want that. I just want love and peace for everybody, and that's what the show is supposed. To, that's what the show is for. It's to spread positivity, spread ideas. It's to talk about why you're so fucking dope. Thanks, you know man. what I mean? And uh, that's what the whole point of the show is, man. That's what you know. This show, I love this platform. It's live TV. It's on the internet. It's underground. This is what metal. This is what rock. This is what all the really dope rap is really what it's like. You know, it's it's in, it lives in the underground because. The people that want to tell you to buy Nikes and get iPhones, you know, the, those those people are not looking out for your best interest. Maybe they're telling you they are because they want you to have the best. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, uh, that's kind of tricky, man. A lot of people don't want you to be too smart because they, uh, you know, you might you might realize you don't need them. <laughs> so it it turns into a whole tricky thing. But what I love about music, what we were saying earlier, is that yes, we're in a really good time in our lives right now to you know to to get back to rage music to get to get back into uh you know that that kids learning instruments again you know like it, i feel I, don't get me wrong kids are still learning how to play the guitar but these days a lot of people learn how to play the guitar because they see somebody doing gent and they see somebody just shredding their face off mm -hmm. back in the day we could see somebody do a really nice blues line you could see a bb king type just bend the guitar bend the note to a certain point and that would sing to you and you would think wow he hit one note but it made that one note sound better than I half mean, the song i think it's it's phases you know kids now do have the luxury that we didn't have <clears throat> and they're able True. to learn at a faster rate you know you find kids at 14 that are playing animals as leaders already 
yeah, I mean, hands uh, can't even fit on the guitar, yeah, but they're just Tosin, going nuts. Tosin is a, a not from planet Earth. Uh, <laughs> I met uh, Tosin uh, in the reflux days. Sick. Whoa. Way before. Seems uh, like a nice dude. Oh, totally nice dude. Very humble cat. But um, you know, kids are learning that and. And it's great, but I mean, it's phases, man. You know? And it's not to judge anybody. I love where we're all at in every phase, because the future is supposed to be kind of complicated, isn't it? So don't get me wrong. It's not like I don't expect the guitarists of today to be a bit more advanced than, you know, a uh, a BB King like I named a second ago. Mm -hmm. You know. You know, I was I was that guy. I was the guy that, like, let me learn as much odd time signatures. Let me learn as much That's good. crazy things. And then after a while, it's like, you want to be about the beat. And we want to be about the, the pulse of the song and what it calls for, you know, and that I think is a, is a great thing to, to, to be as a drummer. Mm. You know, I, I developed the mentality so long ago where it's like, oh, I got to have fills. I got to be crazy. I got to be so, you know, out there. And you start calming down and you start pocketing your drumming more and you start getting into that vibe. And I would say that I've met other guitar players. You know, you went from the <laughs> to just, yo, songwriting, songwriting. Find that pocket, find that signature sound you're trying to create. And, and go from there you know earlier i was listening to your uh drum playthroughs or your drum you know the drum clips that you were posting mm. and when i was trying to think of music in my head to mm. follow this drum beat you know yeah. of what you were playing yeah. it was ironic to me that it was all bass really so i was following with the bass not a guitar yeah. which just which which is why i realized that your your drum beats are very groovy because i find myself constantly seeing that i could like just a bass on top of this would sound so great right now and then i could add the chords later you know it was just i wanted to get the bass in first before i got those chords out of the way which to me was led me it let me it indicated to me that this was very groovy rather than just you know some people use their drumming like a box and you could just put stuff inside that box other people it's like a wave and you just ride the wave yeah. it's different you know what i mean and i and i and the wave is what i like i love the groove i love music i love i love funk i grew up listening to a lot of funk um, and don't get me wrong, in a lot of funk drumming, it's just kind of repetitive because it was the EDM of the time. Because it was people, <laughs> you know, so it was the people that were just supposed to be dancing. That's how you said that it was the EDM of the time. <laughs> it was. I mean, hey, they, they were like, yo, if you change the drum beat, everybody's going to stop dancing. You better not fucking stop the drum beat. Look, keep it the same way the whole time. You know? And, and so don't get me wrong, but it was unquantized. It was not quantized, which lets you get some real feeling in there. The drummers had to really, even if they were going to stay constant, they had to have that. Uh, stamina and they had to have that consistency and they were really you know they were playing their asses off so it was a different style you know it's it's kind of um, it was different it was different times you know what I mean we did we did a lot more with less and my favorite you know you you were t saying earlier that your style of recording you like to kind of play the, the the take and you want it to be as much of you as possible i'm a lot the same way man like when i record um you know i do when i'm making my own music i try to do the the drums and the keyboards and all this stuff and at the end of it it's the guitar mm -hmm. i like to improvise as much guitar as possible and just i like these real raw improvised takes of of and if i mess up i mess up but i still try to figure it out like you just want it to be random you want it to be what you're thinking at the moment I mean, if some people do, right. I, I like that. If, if that's some what your, your comfort is and that's where you want to be and you want to stick to the to that way, go for it. I'm with you. you. Know I'm with you. Yeah. Songwriting is also I an think art of its, it's own. It's just for me, You're like right. I between the analog and between like program drums and being able to take the both best world, best world. I'm able to keep my creative outlet fresh. Yeah. You know, I don't get lean up too much to one side and get stuck and get you know writer's block. I can always come over here and try a different way. Oh, it's smart too. You know, so it's. 
Just different atmosphere. You have to be versatile. You know? That's smart, man. That's you just once you find different ways to work around it, you'll kind of work in a way where not just one lane, you can pick multiple lanes, and that way it'll give you a different uh, way of always keeping up here creative. I'm with you on. <clears throat> I'm with you on that. That's the one thing that's the hard part is not just maintaining your uh, talent and your creativity, but as to how to expand it. I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. Is how to grow. I had I, I got stuck in consistency. Yeah? yeah. What helped you break out? Like, what were you like? What were you doing a lot of when you were like, you know, let me switch it up? Surprisingly, helped me out. COVID. Yeah. I mean, not that I wanted it to happen to the world. <laughs> obviously, you know what I mean. Where it's it's crazy. Right, I was right. very fortunate to keep my job and everything, but um, in the aspect of it's like right, I'm home, and like you know, I'd practice a certain amount on a week, but now it really wanted me to like step up my regiment because I I got stuck at a plateau. Yeah, oh, I see, and I see. every musician can relate to this where you get you hit a plateau and you just don't, don't know how to get to, past don't know how to get past it man and, and you're kind of stuck and really the, the key thing it seems so simple in the concept of saying it but it's doing it and that is continue practicing and pushing yourself to practice more mm-hmm. and the thing is it's practice though the, the definition of it that I learned from um, this online drummer I forgot his last name first name is Mike Mike Mangione. I don't no, know. I'm just kidding. I think it's Mike Johnson. I can't remember. Nice. Um, point is, is that you can get on your guitar and start playing things you already know. That is not practice. You can get on and put on a Metallica song or whatever and play along to it. That is not practice. That's just you doing what you're in your comfort zone is. Uh. True practice is taking what your weaknesses are and working on them. Unfamiliarity. And I learned that in 2012 from him, from Mike. And um, it's brilliant, dude. That, that hit me hard. I was like, totally took me out of my my comfort zone, and I started saying, okay, let me create a list of what I suck at, you know, all the certain rudiments or whatever it is, beats or whatever it is, and every day I'm gonna put in work onto this, and that is how I broke my plateau. I love it, man. You know, and it, whatever. If it took me a longer time to figure it out than others, you know, people might be looking at this like, damn, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. Come you know, on, buddy, <laughs> catch up. <laughs> well, you know what it is about. A creative people compared to maybe the college types that we spoke about earlier mm-hmm. or the people that focus more on what their uh, schedule allows or whatever it is. Uh, I think that there's in, in the creative world, you're lucky enough to be able to have this realization where one day you're playing a song and you're not fast enough or you're playing it sloppy and you, you know it kind of sucks, but you know it's good enough for today. And the next day, you're going to make it better. It's no, you have no other option but to make it better. And even, and even in those first few days, whatever that specific thing you're working on that you sucked on, sure, the first day, first day is frustrating. It's, it's all energy. It's, it's when you think about it, it's like, all right, I know I'm not doing too good at this, but I'm going to get better at this. That's the it's, missing link. And that, when you tell yourself that, and you keep doing it every day, and you, you apply that yin and yang, it's gonna come to you. And by day four, or day five, you're like, yo, I went from this much, and. Now and then weeks go by, and then you mastered whatever it is that drum fill, that guitar lick, and it's completely. Dude, do you have any idea how impossible I used to think it was to hum an idea or think of something in your head and be able to play it on the guitar? You know what? The best thing I ever learned that's been my little secret strategy that I, since I'm on this podcast, I'll share it with you. Please do. And everybody watching, and whoever's going to rewatch it, whatever. Yes. The best thing as a general musician, um, try to get on your instrument 
and you need to push yourself. This will be in increments. It's not going to happen where you're just running on a five minute like free for all. Do improvs by yourself mm-hmm. and continue improving by yourself. So I'll warm up, I'll do my fills, whatever, do my chops, do my 32s, do my hurdas, paradiddles, doubles, all that stuff. I get on the kit, excuse me, and what happens is I will go for half an hour straight and whatever I just pull out of my ass, so to speak, I'm just going to go for it. And when you build that improv over and over and over and over and over, and then months and years go by, your improv is so good on being creative in the real time. Like a reflex. So if you put me in a room right now with John from Abiotic, or you put me in a room with one of the guys from Mastodon, or you put me just with whoever, I will just flow and completely just two different realms of, of metal or even John Mayer and just be more of in the John pocket. Mayer. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I will flow with that yeah. right off the bat. So if you do that to yourself and really take improv and just beat the shit out of it into your head every day, just a few minutes a day and just say, I'm just going to, whatever comes out of me, comes out of me. If it's reggae, if it's metal, if it's chords, if it's shredding, whatever it is. That's me. And then you flow with it yeah. and just let it go, you're going to start catching little moments where you'll ride on something for 30 seconds. Yeah. Then you're going to ride on something for two minutes. Then you're going to ride on something for four minutes. Endurance. And you don't stop. And then before, when you build that habit, I did that to myself purposely because I started noticing a pattern with my brain. And I was like, yo, I'm, I'm starting to do this, but I'm getting ideas and I'm getting the beats that you see that I post online out of doing that consistently. So good, dude. So that actually helps out with your songwriting as well. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Absolutely, man. That's always been my thing. I hate that today we glorify the five-second guitarist. Play it the best you can for five seconds. We're going to chop it. We're going to punch you in on the next part. Chop it. We're going to punch you in on the next part. There's... A <clears throat> and shout out to anybody who's ever tried to make a video with me or who's anybody who's ever made a video with me. I'm not easy to work with. You know why? Because I want you to play it right one time. And it's hard for me to even do it, but I want myself to play it right one time. Like, I want one minute of a take where you, where I don't mess up. Is it hard to do? Yeah. But it's what I want. And I hate when I see videos these days that, that, that claim to be um, oh, demos, I, I, but they're lip-sync. I will, totally, they're I will totally jump in right now on that. Please. For anybody watching, for any of the clips that you've watched... I am a human being. If you thought I got that clip even in the first take, you're 1,000% wrong. <laughs> you think after a guy that's about to hit 23 years of drumming that that's... Just, no, dude, I'm a human, bro. I'm not just a button you go, yo, death metal, boop. <laughs> Doesn't work that way, dude. Like those those clips or the, the drum covers and stuff like that. Sure, I had to take a few takes to get it where I wanted it because when you're in the recording mode, it's a different world, dude. And here's my problem. I think there's a lot of people faking it these days. And we don't have to like put anybody down because we just don't have to do that. But at the same time, I think it's half and half. I think you take somebody like Misha Mansoor, um, amazing producer, amazing songwriter from Periphery. You know, he has that guy has outdone himself. Yeah, he's a businessman. Misha Mansoor has become a guitar guy, a producer guy, a great engineer, great be able to mix creating a library with get good drums yeah and, i forgot about the gg building drums. what he did with matt periphery which is all sponge from the legendary mashuga who did uh, i believe thomas hike did a uh, superior drummer i think it was 
that I did not that's, know. That's his library, I believe. I, I, could, know be, I could be wrong, but that's what I was told from somebody. That's tight. Um, from one of my old band members from Vessel, I think. Cool. So, you know, you have a professional like him that, you know, he might kill it in one take, and he might, you know, work his way through the take. Love I'm, it. I'm the type of drummer that needs to be punched through the take. So I'll get from intro to verse to chorus. That's and then fine. all of a sudden I fell off the click. And then I'll tell the engineer, you know, punch me back in from where I fell off and continue through the song. For That's sure. my best strategy. Yeah, yeah. When I did Letters of the Lost, oh my God, <laughs> those guys at Arkson, I love them, but they they completely annihilated my physical endurance. Like, just go, oh, yeah. Three takes per song. Wow. And then, and then what happens is you you, all right, I got the best. Old school. I got the best section out of this take, and I got the best section out of this take, and then they comped it or whatever they, they call it, and they they go all together. Okay, you know, and these okay. are the these are the things that certain musicians are afraid, especially the big shots and all famous bands. They don't talk about this stuff. No, they don't. They Those don't. are they things that go on behind the scenes. I mean, the biggest one we all know. I mean, as much as I love him from the early days, Lars. Everybody rags on Lars from Metallica, being like, "Dude, that guy punches and he just copy pays, copy pays, copy pays, copy pays." Uh, <laughs> I get it, but you're he's being, more of a. He's, he's, I mean, he went overboard. No, don't get me wrong. Yeah, he's a little. What I love is. <laughs> I gotta send you this video later. There's a video of Lars's unnecessary drum fills, mm-hmm. and he just does these drum fills for no reason in the middle of these songs, and it's just always the same drum fill, just yeah. just mashing on the snare. Totally, man. <laughs> totally, 100%. I love 100%, it, babe. But I mean, when it comes down to to drums, man, I think they're such an important part of the band. They're one of the most important parts of the band. I know that audio engineering would like you to believe that the guitar is the star but really it's the drums man because i feel like every band is judged by their drummer dude if your drummer is not capable of doing certain things mm-hmm. your band is stuck I, I, maybe you, that could be for any instrument but i'm you, you get what i'm saying depending on it's the vibe yeah it's the, it's, it's the vibe man you you're like it. the you're like the the mood setter well yeah you're the pulse exactly dude fuck you are the pulse. you're the man. warmth in the blood you are the as they say uh i mean from from my heyday, you're the backbone. Mm-hmm. You're the backbone of everything, and you need to make that work. And you know, no matter what your your genre is, you gotta do it, man. It's an important thing. I love Chris Adler from Lamb of God. Yeah, very He's shocked. Sick. I mean, he left, I, right? I, yeah, he left. I could understand. That was shocking. One side of the coin. Do you know why he left? I didn't look into it. He got burned out, man. He got tired. Too of much playing, touring. Play, touring too much of the of the same songs, and you gotta realize too, man. You're but they touring, were huge, dude. Touring, of course, they're huge. Like they're I can't. Massive. I'm saying because I, I, I feel massive. they're like one of the biggest bands in the ever. Maybe ever. like yeah. they're probably up there in one of these some sort of top ten list. Yeah, Chris. You know, I, I get it. But when you're constantly <clears throat> on the road with the same group of people, you will. You have to find balance. You can exhaust those relationships. Mm. So, I mean, can't really say anything because I'm not in the shoes. I've never lived to that caliber of success uh, but I see one side why I can understand it but at the same time it's like dude you know how hard it is in today's to get to world that level. to get to that level think about like how many you, kids you, just... you have it all in the palm of your hands dude have it all I would, would have recommended if he was still in there was yo take a break don't talk to your guys for like two months live your personal life be with your girl and on vacation take, take a yin and yang when you're around your band members for so long, it'll exhaust. Especially like a cat like Randy, you know, where I've seen the, well, I had early, the Philadelphia DVD. Earlier days, the drunk, drunk Randy, I can get that. 
I had the Philadelphia DVD, and I remember they had this fist fight between the guitar player mm. and the fucking singer. It was. Nuts. I remember the manager at one point threatened him. He's like, "If you don't stop, you're gonna have to mess with me, and you don't want that." I mean, it's, it's tough, man. You know, as a musician, you know. So it's like, so, you know, for that you have, and then you have like, and <clears throat> worst of all, between the mix of all that, you the put Eagles. out a new a new record, and then you got some diehard little elitist shithead. This what, sucks. From one city, and it's like, oh, whatever. This record, and it's and it's like you could do better. You could do better. So you're the local one that has is going nowhere, and I'm the one that's. On top of the world. Yeah, people have a really tough way to voice their criticisms, don't they? You know, it's an odd, it's an odd thing. You know, like you understand. I, I heard, I heard some sort of thing a long time ago on this podcast that I that I used to listen to that I thought was brilliant. It was that when people criticize you and they say that something is wrong with you, mm-hmm. they actually want to like you. The reason they're commenting and taking actual seconds out of their lives is because somewhere deep inside they want you to be what they, their what brand they, what they envision they want you to be something that they like and they see something in you that they do like that's why they end up commenting uh, this guy talks too fast this guy talks too slow right they'll say something like that because they want you to talk faster or they talk, want you to talk slower mm-hmm. they see something in you they like Yet they criticize the one thing. It's a very odd way to look at it. And if this person that I listened to didn't have a master's in social work, I would never like believe that. But they do this for their living, wow. and they study psychology all day and night for this this podcast that I used to listen to. So in a way, I guess I kind of it made a lot of sense to me. Where I was like, wow, these people that have some sort of negative thing to say, they really like something about you. It comes off goofy that it, that that it's negative because that's what they're getting across. But what they're really trying to say is that I wish you were more like what I want right now. I guess the it's only weird way, the only way I could like relate to experiences, you know, being a local cat in the scene. Um, you know, I had those three bands: Vessel, Seven Seas, and Letters of Law. So I mean, I could I can understand that in the sense of people that it's like, all right, you drank your haterade today, and you now want to shit on it or or whatever it is. So. You know, that's that's the, the local scene to a degree. You know, and I think I have enough confidence in 21 years of being in the Miami scene yeah. to, to kind of observe and experience it. I'm not just saying it just to start some type of fire or anything, but right, the music scene can be like that sometimes. You know, you have certain haters, and then your band is getting a little more attention, and then people start distancing themselves from you and don't want to talk to you and don't even want to book you anymore on their shows because your band is now catching more attention than their band and it's like that um, happens with promoters and things like that it, it, wow. can, happen. it can happen in the scene dude I've, I've taken notice you know what I mean that's crazy and I I got the balls to say it right now on the podcast you know what I mean I've, I've seen some of the hate over the years wow you know and it's you know it's, it's funny like uh, Oski I'm sure you know him yeah yeah I think he said it the best he's always said the best one of the best things he ever said don't be a bucket of crabs if one crab up. is getting success, don't try to tear them down. Push them up. Because if that band gets the success and the label takes notice, people talk in the industry. Yeah. So if people talk in the industry, what do they do? Gossip goes around, right? Absolutely. Rumors go around, right? That band came out of Miami, Florida? What are, what are we faced with as Miami, Florida? We are known as Pitbull. We are known as Little John. We are known as the cocaine city to come here and get ripped up, go to club space at 3 o'clock in the morning, come out of club space at 9 o'clock in the morning, and go to IHOP. Yeah, it ain't for metal. Where do you see that about metal? Where do you see that about hardcore? We are completely plastered in the back burner 
while that has been our face the club value scene. for the rest of the world to see. We are the J-Lo, Pitbull, Little John. Not that I have anything against those artists. No, but where's our medal? I respect, but where's our medal and our rock? Yeah. People are shocked. So when you go back to my heyday, it's a beautiful scene of what it was. You know what I mean? At that time. Don't get me wrong. I'm still glad that there is a scene. I'm still glad shows are still happening post-COVID and everything like that. But, you know, people need to be... The best words that I learned from Naveen, who used to be in Animals as Leaders, and I met him, and he was he's in Entheos right now with his fiance. My yeah, my buddy was on their podcast. Shout out to Naveen, oh, and his fiance. Sweet, badass. That's man. awesome. Yeah, Jamie. maybe I can get you on there as well. Got to got to meet him in uh, March 2018 in Margate O'Malley's. Would love to get you on their show. I think you'd be amazing, bro. You're a really good podcast guest. I, uh, that's a spoiler alert, guys. And, but yeah, uh, Naveen said the best thing to me, and he said because I. Letters was broken up, and I went to talk to him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and everything. I met him and stuff, and I said, "Hey, man, you know, like, what what would you give as advice? You know, because me and him were like two years apart or something like that in age." Yeah. <clears throat> and he said, "I want you to go home, and you're gonna do gratitude, total curveball, total like uppercut to the face. Was not expecting that type of answer. You know, I still wanted to like not hope on an answer, just kind of like whatever it is, it is. But gratitude was the was the total curveball like gratitude like in what was so what like in life he's like dude you're still alive just go right? home and be thankful he was like go home you're still alive you still got four limbs to play the drums you're still a young man and you still can go out there and do auditions and you can still go out there and be able to make it happen and i've taken that seed of what he planted into my head and i've placed it now for the last two years and that's why as a drummer that's not even in a band Damn. that's why I got all these clips going that's why I got all these covers going wow. and that's why I'm willing to relocate to a whole new county from Miami to Orlando to make it happen and start a whole new networking because that like amplified my I'm excited for you man yeah. you definitely got the talent to make it happen Thanks, I'm not bro. even kidding bro like you could hit up anybody out there and be an asset to their band like you I know like it, it, it's it's true dude like it, it's it's one of those funny times where sometimes you have to gas people up and other times you're just like damn i don't have to gas you up at all <laughs> you're you got the skills to, to to take yourself wherever you need to go what am i telling you you know so that's great man and and, and naveen sounds like a cool cat i gotta talk to that dude one day naveen is <clears throat> even at his stature man being in a drum magazine and his success in his earlier bands uh you know and animosity right he was in? animosity and of course Animals as leaders when I found out about him. I only um, heard that recently. I didn't know who he was until a couple of weeks ago. I, 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 I will really? be sad to admit. Yeah. He's, I, he's, I edit for the Big Shred podcast, which <laughs> he, I can uh, let you know. He toured on the first Animals record, even though that was programmed drums. Uh, that was done by he Misha. He played it in. Yeah, that was Misha's work on, on that. Uh, Matt Halpern, actually, from Periphery, did drum in it in the early, early local days. Sure. And then Naveen did, started doing the tours. And, Sick, um, man. I tried to meet him actually, so when I met Tosin and Javier as animals at that time during that tour, Javier's uh, amazing. Yeah, they're both amazing. Yeah, and, they are. Yeah, you know, they are. Tosin is. was like, yeah, he's in the back. He can't handle like what has just happened with his life. There was a time where Naveen was embracing the whole like, okay, my life just changed. Everybody knows who I am now. Everywhere I go, people are calling on my name. He was actually like chilling in the tour bus because it was it was very intense. Yeah, so some people took, got anxiety. It took me a decade a decade worth just to have that five-minute conversation to get that answer of practice gratitude and that changed my whole perception of, of not just my drumming life but my personal life as well that's a great piece of advice Dude, too because it's the one that nobody expects if that was literally like if you took a <clears throat> a hiroshima bomb 
and just went <laughs> right there to me and just it, it was that big of a boom for me to realize that is the energy I need to start harnessing and, and projecting out to the universe those are the best people in life are the ones that drop a few words and they make you re-examine everything that you've ever thought yeah, man. those are the real people in life um, I bring up Joe Satriani a lot because he's like my musical role model mm-hmm. it's like my musical dad that's you awesome. know, like every Father's Day, I look at him and I'm like, oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no. Shout out, Dad. I love you, too. But, you know, wish you were there. Wish you were there more often. I'm just kidding. Uh, with Joe Satriani, um, the thing about him is that he I was listening to a interview with him a long time ago, and he said that his teacher told him. Oh, shit. Give me one second. There's more beer, guys. Would you like another oh, beer, my man? More beer. How long are we going? Wow, we're past midnight already. We are past midnight. Damn, it's almost time to call it call it a, an evening. I didn't realize we were so late into the night. Well, we did miss our... We did uh, miss the first, like, 45 minutes of the show. <laughs> Just about. But that's okay, guys. Episode 116 of Shuttle Blitz Talk, and we're glad to have you here. I'm glad to have Andrew Nicholson here on the show tonight. Drummer extraordinaire. Sick-ass drummer, a.k.a. And... <clears throat> Joe Satriani, my favorite guitar player, he's, he had a, his guitar teacher was a, or his teacher, musical teacher was a blind piano player teaching him how to play guitar. Get out. Yeah, this guy named Lenny something. Tristiano? Anyway, he was a blind bebop piano player, and he told Satriani to play a, a note on the guitar. But you know how like some people play a note and they start bending it, the vibrato? Okay. He told them, can you just play a note and just have it sound good and stop twitching your fucking fingers? Like, can you just play a note and make it sound good? And it was his job to literally play a note on the guitar and make it sound good. Just hit a note. Is it going to sound good? Now, that's a very spiritual thing to do. That's kind of like somebody hit telling you to hit a snare. And is it, are you hitting it right or not? You don't fucking know. <laughs> you know? You know, what's your frame of reference? You don't know. Of course. But does the snare have enough talk back? Is it pinging back to you? Is it, there are many ways to take that information. Yes. Yeah, the style, the song, the mood, everything. You know? Are you stopping the snare? Are you letting it talk back? Are you doing all these things? There's so much that that goes into playing a note or playing a, a beat or a, a hit, I mean, you know, or whatever it is. Um, and I just thought that was brilliant. That's what that, And then when you say, you know, go home and be appreciative or, or, or have gratitude, that reminded me of that same piece of advice where you just think of everything and you're like, damn, can I just play a note and not move and just... Mm-hmm make it sound okay to somebody's ear mm-hmm. and it makes you just kind of re-examine everything it makes you realize what am i doing this for am i speaking or am i just yelling nonsense i think to kind of add further to that you know and anybody that's in their musical journey in life no matter what instrument you play if you're a singer or a dancer or a graffiti artist or a painter you know is what you're saying you know when you get down to the note that's making me also think of if you have not hit your success yet, you know, just because you haven't done that, it's it's about the journey. It's about the process. It's your talent there. And hence why I brought up Gary Vee. Mm. You know, Gary Vee, you know, so many kids are like, oh, by 26, I need, I'm going to be a millionaire for sure. <laughs> no, no, you're not. It's, that's, that's impossible. You can't do that in two years. That's just, unless you rob a bank and you got away with it and you had the best, biggest heist plan or you just won the lotto. Or you got the next app that's yeah. going to take us. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, so, excuse me. It's really realizing, okay, you can't get your success in this time frame, you know, this way for the camera. Um, it's more like this time frame. That's the reality. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't be wrong. There's some people that got 
Lucky, the band they used. They got signed in one year after forming by John Fellman of um, Goldfinger, and they used. How That's they, who signed them. Yeah, I didn't know that, and I love well, I love that first album of the used. It's funny because it's all who you know, and they just happened to know John at that time. The guitar player did at that time. But anyways, I don't want to yeah, get yeah, off yeah. too much with that. What I'm trying to get to is, you know, it's all about the journey. And I learned that, and I thank that to Roms from Falsetta and Enter the Crown locally, because when Letters broke up, man, I was just so in depression mode. I couldn't believe it. I had to close out the bank accounts. I had to shut down the LLC. Shit. I had to, you know, just everything, dude. That's like, painful, it, dude. Dude, going into the bank account and closing out the checkings to Letters of Lost was just like... Like a dream, just, just like to your dude. heart, you know, and um, you know, being able to go through the process and heal as a person and move forward as a musician, you know, one of the best things Roms told me, he called me actually like a couple of days after we bro- the band broke up, and uh, we spoke on the phone, and I'm a strong character. I've come across like that to many people in the music scene, and uh, one of the best things he told me is like, dude, it's about the journey. He's like, I know you don't see it right now, brother, but, you know, you just got to pierce through and forget your age. If your drive and tenacity still there, good. And I kind of held on to and nurtured on to that, kind of put it on the back burner because obviously I needed to get over the band. And between that and Naveen with, with gratitude, those are the two things that I'm definitely going to end this podcast and my first podcast with, with everybody that's a musician or even a person in, in life if your passion is becoming a teacher. You know, um, it's the journey. It's the process. And when you do get that reward at the end, dude, I'll even say it right now. I have to keep going at 36 because the one thing I don't want is regret. Don't want to be, let's say I get to 75. I cannot life and say by 38, what would it that reaps in my mind, bro. Forget it. I'm with you. I, I don't want that at all. I rather would go down saying if I made it or if I did not, at least I gave it my motherfucking all. I did everything I could. And I'm I will, with you, I man. I will definitely say that to, to kind of cap that out for the, to the podcast. Cheers and, and cheers on that. Cheers on that beat because that's huge, man. Yeah, dude. Mm. It, it's, you yeah, have it's to. passion, man. It's just, it's just what I'm all about. I'm with you, man. And you know what? That's what a real musician would say. And that's what a real musician should say, because uh, a lot of people get into this kind of thing to maybe meet people, uh, you know, meet meet uh, significant others, or some people do this to get a paycheck, a decent paycheck that they think you know they're gonna get. Yeah. And there's many other reasons for it, but some just do it just for the fame. Some do it for the fame. Yeah, you know, I've seen those bands that are all looks and no talent. And no talent. And at the end of the day, folks, your talent is probably what's going to get you farther. And don't get me wrong, your work ethic and your connections will probably get you, you know, might get you a couple more bucks. But as far as respect goes, mm, you'll. Would you rather be somebody who's respected and is known as a dope player, or somebody who is known for just making a bunch of cash and getting, you know, and not being really that 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 deserving of it? I'd rather I'd rather be like Bob Marley, man, when you left a dent in this earth and your music is still being played decades later after you're long gone I mean that's huge who, that no yeah. money can buy that man nah, that's everything that's bro. what it's all about dude that's I, I don't want to be um, those two guys that somebody's washed up that's washed up now just one hit wonders man 
The people that just cashed in made that stupid silly song. Mill- Millie Vanilli back in the day. Back in the they day. They lip synced and then they were just uh, two good looking dudes and the record uh, label hit them up and they were oh, like, yeah. Uh, isn't it LMAO? Oh, yeah. L- LMAO, LMFAO, yeah, one or the other. I don't want to be like that. Yeah. Two songs, woohoo, cash in, made millions. Where are you now? Uh, and uh, this is only because it's a coincidence. Apparently, one of them, he's like suing the company because they, they skimped him out on a bunch of money. He ended up getting famous because his uncle was somebody doing a thing. I don't know. Nobody. No, it doesn't. Who knows? Who cares? Anyway, episode one sixteen, folks. Andrew Nicholson. Thank you so much for hanging out tonight with us on this show. Thank you for, for sticking around after the first stream. We didn't realize, what was it, 40 minutes? Dude, thank you for sticking around after the first uh, failed stream, man, because I, I appreciate you sitting with us and, uh, and having that talk again. And just, man, you got to, I could tell you're a professional because you moved on to the second half of the show without even a skip of the beat. And that's a lot to ask from you, man. And, and, Did you, and sh- <laughs> <laughs> damn, I didn't notice that. Um, that means a lot to me, man. And a lot of people couldn't handle that kind of pressure, brother. So I appreciate you coming through and, and, and giving us your best, my man. And and shout out to Andrew for his amazing talent, 23 years into, the, to, into drumming and into music. And that's you, you've seen some of the, the dopest bands that have come out of this music scene in Florida, in Miami, where we're nearby. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm hoping to eventually get on the stage one day and, and see you in there or maybe you'll be playing drums with me bro you never know man life is short life you never know, know what dude. happens in the future um, right i'm so ready for orlando and my new life and um orlando you know wanting man. to see what it's all about and what it's gonna bring and who i'm gonna attract and i'm with you, you know, who knows man maybe I'll, I'll rip it down here and come down for kryptonite fest with a new project and oh be able to, you know we'll, we'll see how everything goes and i'm see, with you brother. see my old friends in the scene you know I'm with you, my man. And, uh, you know, a, a long time ago, I asked you about doing a, a, a drum cover, or some sort of like cover song. What well, the song I had in mind was a Mega Man song. It's for Mega Man X3. It's the opening tune. And it's it's not difficult drums, but, man, I know you could you could add that groove, brother, because I've been wanting to do that song. I've been wanting to cover that song forever. But I wouldn't hate to do it on, on program drums. I would hate to do it. No, you want on the real deal. Be, and I know that you could do that. And, and I don't know if you know the song I'm talking about, but I'll show it to you after the show. Yeah, in the meantime, folks, if you guys want to follow Andrew, where can they follow you at on the social media, my man? Uh, check me out on any platform, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Drew Drums 84 Again, Drew Drums 84 man. Drew Drums 84 Feel free to follow him on the everywhere. In the meantime, folks, uh, if you guys want to follow me, it's at Alizar Chan. If you guys want to follow the show, it's at Shut Up, Let's Talk, all over the internet, the webosphere, the globus, whatever. In the meantime, love, peace, chicken, grease, folks. Look both ways before you cross the street. We will catch you on the next episode of Shut Up, Let's Talk next week. Later. Peace. Peace.